Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There ain't no practice runs in life. is absolutely right this is not a test it's the real thing the price cast 2020 podcast my name is jason dias her name is kiki culpepper and it's two generations with one mission and here we are i think this is what kiki week three of price cast 2020 worldwide pandemic quarantine version style and when this is all over i, I will be 100 percent deaf because the live feed comes up very loud in my headphones. I actually thought about using your old purple headphones today, but I realized that oh, I had dropped the weight knows. on them a few years ago. Yeah, I remember those. Yes, the Walmart special proved that we, we spare no expense here at the Christcast 2020 podcast. We're our, high our, our, our equipment is really, really top of the line. Well, today we're talking about the book of First Peter. And just as a little, you know, we always encourage people to start your own Christian podcast and stuff like that. But obviously when you see it in the Bible, Kiki, it's the number one and then Peter. But if you, if you title it that way, when you ask the smart speaker to play it, it'll say playing one Peter on TuneIn. So we have to write out the word first Peter so that Alexa knows how to say it correctly. I just said it. That means it'll interrupt it when I'm hearing it later. I got to tell you, Kiki, oh, I gosh. think one of the coolest things is listening to our show on my iWatch. I didn't even know that was a possibility. You're so proud of yourself for figuring that I, out. I really am. I've got my son's old iWatch first generation. He's got the most up-to-date one, which I think can actually launch rockets into outer space. It's rather fascinating. But I think that's so cool. Something close to um, it. Let's talk about this just a little bit. Uh, Peter's one of my favorite people in the Bible. I know we're all sitting at home looking for things to watch. If you're like me, yes, I watched the Tiger King. Yes, I feel like a much better I human being. And at this point, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> it, 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 I, I don't know that I would recommend it for somebody like you. As, as, I'm, as I've told you before, I'm, I'm probably a little too protective of you anyway. I know you're an adult now yeah. in the state of Texas's eyes, but when I watched it, my, my overwhelming uh, reaction was, I am actually not such a bad person after all. But Peter's one of my favorite people in the Bible. And the reason I brought up the Tiger King, and I can't even believe we're saying that on the ChristCast 2020 podcast, <laughs> is that, that if, if you have Amazon Prime, I do believe you can still get the miniseries from 1977. Yes, the year that Star Wars came out. Um, Jesus of Nazareth. And yes, it is from 1977. Yes, it is a made-for-TV <laughs> miniseries. It is a little hokey in places because of the technology available in 1977. But you, you will think that you are watching the actual events in certain places. And one of my favorite scenes is where Jesus asks them, who do the people say that I am? And the, and the disciples, Kiki, they're like, oh, they say you're Elijah. They say you're Moses coming back to life. All these people. And then he says, and who do you, the disciples, say I am? And Kiki, it's like dead silence. I mean, it's like, 
it does awkward it's bad. It's, bad. it's bad. And then finally, Peter speaks up and says, I say you are the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. And it is absolutely one of my favorite scenes. And of course, Peter is the person we're talking about today. You know, Peter, the life of Peter. If you Peter, haven't figured Jesus, that out yet. Yeah, so proof, is proof that Jesus will never abandon us, even when we abandon him. Peter goes from like an hour before bragging about how he will never abandon Jesus. According to the Gospel of John, he, the guards show up, and Peter pulls out his sword and knocks off the guy's ear. But as soon as it's Jesus is arrested, ear. and yeah, the servant's ear, and as soon as Jesus gets arrested, and, and people recognize Peter and say, hey, weren't you, didn't you know this, this Jesus of Nazareth guy? Peter, almost immediately, yeah. Peter's like, no, 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 no. Don't <laughs> correlate. <laughs> Me with him? No, I don't know who that is. Who is that? I have no idea who you're talking about. I don't know. Never met him. Never met him. He's not in my crew. The name sounds familiar, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah. You know, check in and look at my phone. He's not on my Snapchat account. Never met this guy. Never heard of him. We're not friends on Instagram. How would I know? Nothing. How would I know him exactly? And so it's just a great example. And later in the show, instead of talking about how to apply the book to our lives today, because Pastor Tim Duff from Word of Hope Christian Church is going to take care of that in the break, we're going to talk about how you can apply the life of Peter to your own. It is Easter week. It was Passover last night. We're recording here on Thursday, the 9th of April, in the year of our Lord, 2020. And Kiki, you'll remember, I had this insane idea before coronavirus about not doing church at church, not doing church inside the buildings. That you, you were could very at a, ready for it. Yes, I was, I was way ahead of this thing. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to church, but my, my thought was if you really wanted to replicate the sacrament of communion and the wine and the bread, you would do it tonight because this is when the Passover meal takes place on Thursday. You know, I've told you many times, Kiki, because math was never my jam. I always loved words. Growing up in the Catholic Church, I loved the part of math where we went through what was called the Eucharistic prayer. Take this, all of you, and drink it. This is my blood, the blood of a new and everlasting covenant that will be shed for you and for all men. Do this in remembrance of me. I mean, I do, I'm not even looking at that. I can just close my eyes and hear those words. I love the way that sounded. Ed, and that, was, that happened on Thursday night. And so the fact that churches are closed this week during Easter, that Easter is, is, is a lot more than about just having new clothes. I've done all these things, by the way. I'm not judging anybody. It's not about new clothes, matching outfits, Easter bunnies, over-the-top music and graphics. I went to a service a couple of years ago, Kiki. I didn't know if I was at, at, at church or a rock concert. I never wanted to go back to church mm. after that. And finally, this year, you know, through the, the course of this worldwide pandemic, finally Easter will simply be about Jesus. an empty tomb and uh, the eternal proof that God keeps his promises. You know, our good buddy, Pastor Tim, this week he sent us a two-minute overview on the book of First Peter, and you're going to hear that during the break, and we're going to do it all right after this. Hi, everyone. This is Pastor Tim of Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels. I'd like to talk to you for a moment about the epistle of First Peter. This is a really timely book of the Bible to look at, especially considering today's circumstances. 
First Peter focuses on the importance of believers bearing up under unjust suffering, yet continuing to live well. Now, you might say that First Peter could be called the Job of the New Testament. It provides encouragement for the true believer to continue on in the way that Jesus laid out for all of his followers. Now, the endurance Peter called these believers to is similar to Job's, a man who suffered despite his righteousness. Peter maintained that this was the kind of true perseverance that God expects from his people. Now, you're listening to this and you're probably thinking, well, what does that mean for me? And how can I even apply that to my life? Well, I've got some encouragement for you. Unjust or unforeseen suffering is one of the great problems that grip the hearts of people today. We see that now more than ever. We struggle with frustration, anger, and uncertainty when trials and the unexpected land smack dab on our doorsteps. Too often in those most difficult moments of our lives, confusion reigns while contentment wanes. Questions arise while prayer subsides. Peter's encouragement to his Christian readers is one of perseverance in faith. It isn't enough for us to simply get up every morning and trudge through each day. Neither is it advisable to paste a smile on our faces and ignore the troubles. Instead, the lesson of 1 Peter is to push through the troubles, recognizing their temporary presence in our lives while walking in holiness and hope as people of faith. So the message this morning, folks, is press on, my friends. It is in this darkest time that our collective light shines the brightest. God bless you, now and always. All right. Thank you, Pastor Jim. We love Pastor Jim. Yeah. He's been we such love a, a good Pastor Duff mini-sermon. Yeah, yeah, Tim Duff, a great guy. In, uh, two minutes, he just wraps it all up. If I tried to do that, it would take about four and a half hours. Anyway, uh, if, you're, if you're listening We're to the show, stick around. For this. <laughs> yes. There, at the very end, we went back deep into the archives of the ChristCast 2020 podcast and you're gonna you're gonna hear. You know um, that's always gonna be rough. You were a sophomore, folks. You're gonna hear the the principal of the New Braunfels Christian Academy Elementary Campus, Darren West, our good friend Gary Heatherly. I spoke to him on the phone. Yeah. Earlier this week, and I got to tell you, without without Mr. Heatherly, there would be no ChristCast 2020 podcast, because the leadership at the school at the time did not want any part of this. You're going to hear him. Where we are now. Hear, where we are now. You know, all this time later, you're going to hear, I think he's still the athletic director out there, Coach Daryl Wood. Uh, of course, Annalisa and myself reading from Ooh. The Passion of the Christ according to the Gospel of John. But let's get back to the book of first. So stick around for that. Stick around for that. It'll be yeah. toward the end of this That's podcast. That's near the end. So when was the book written? Uh, 65 to 75 A.D.? Ish is one we're looking at, and it's written to the people who have been dispersed all over the place and were under intense persecution. And that meant something very different than it does today. As Christians, we can say we've kind of been called the bad people now, and people don't like us, and people protest where we eat chicken nuggets and stuff like that. And we might say that's persecution, but in Peter's time, people, Kiki, were literally being killed for proclaiming themselves followers of what at the time was called the way, those who believed that Jesus Christ had come back from the dead, which is a lot different than just people protesting and holding up signs and things like that. Still kind of valid today because people around the world are still getting killed just for saying, oh, yes, I do follow Christ, and it's something I'm proud of. That's absolutely true. In fact, somebody 
that used to transcribe our show into French to share with a Christian school in Burkina Faso, as you and I both know, was tragically killed by um, Islamic terrorists in the country of Burkina Faso last summer. So you're right. I, I, I was remiss in, in remembering that, yes, people in other parts of the world, my American-centric view that I sometimes struggle with, there are, you're right, there are people in the world that are still being literally killed and persecuted for their belief. So going into who wrote the book, it's in the title. You've heard us talk about it already. If you haven't picked up on it, yes, Peter did write the book about Peter. And he had followed Jesus for three years. And he had been with Jesus at some of the most important moments in the New Testament and throughout Jesus' life. Yeah, I mean, he's he's there in the, the, the transfiguration. Um, you'll remember Peter when when Jesus gets out of the boat and starts to walk on water, uh, Peter's the first one to jump out of the boat and start walking on water as well until he gets scared, takes his eyes off of Jesus, and then he sinks into the water, which is a great metaphor for life. When you don't fix your eyes on Jesus, you will start to sink. So it's a great, great image in the New Testament. And, of course, he is the first to enter the empty tomb. So let's talk about this. Typically we talk about how you apply the book to your life. We're going to do things a little bit differently yeah. today. We're going to talk about how you can apply the life of Peter to your life today. And one of the first ways, Jesus uses unlikely people to build his kingdom. You have to understand, Peter was just a regular guy making a living as a fisherman, you know, in Capernaum. Uh, there was nothing special about him. He had not gone to, you know, theological seminary. He was not a teacher. He had no special training. And yet, and, and if you see the picture in our episode description, a lot of times in the ancient art that represents Peter, you'll see him holding keys. And that's because on the day of Pentecost, he preaches and converts 3,000 Hebrews. Uh, to the Christian way of life, um, the the Samaritans who nobody likes, he gets those guys geeked up about Jesus Christ and even goes to the home of a Roman centurion named Cornelius and gets a Roman soldier, a Roman centurion, to believe in the risen Christ. Jesus uses this rash, impetuous guy who denied Jesus three times to demonstrate that the Christian church is a universal, multi-ethnic, multi generational church for all eternity. So our second point, talking about Peter's life and what he has done overall, we're saying Jesus sees us not as other people see us. He sees us as his children, almost his equal, but not even as we sometimes see ourselves. He sees us in a much better image. Jesus sees us as the person he wants us to be, not the people we are, not the people we strive to be, but the people he wants us to be. The person we see in the mirror, the person with all of our sins, hang-ups, issues, faults, Jesus loves us for that. And that's not who Jesus sees when we look in the mirror. Jesus sees us as the person he wants us to be, and he's patiently waiting for us to discover that as well, for him us to dig into his word, fully believe in him, and he wants us to look at ourselves the way he sees us. You have to dig into the word. You have to dig into the Bible by yourself to find the guide to be the person Jesus wants you to be. Peter was the ultimate example of that. Absolutely. You know, I've been to Rome. You know, the same pagan city 
that had been the center for the hatred and the persecution of Christians in Peter's time, and to be there and see how it now revolves around that great, beautiful, soaring basilica named after the very Peter that we're talking about, St. Peter's Basilica. It is absolute incontrovertible proof that one ordinary person, one average person can do extraordinary things through God. Because through God, we can do anything. And then finally, from the book of Peter, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Now stick around. We're going to play from 2017. And this is something we used to do every year, right, Kiki? We used to read through the Passion of the Christ. And when we first started this show, you'll remember, we were sitting at, back when we could go to restaurants at Garcia's Uptown at West Point Village with your mom. And I said, I would do this show and all of the headaches that we knew we were going to encounter trying to do a live internet radio show in the one part of the world that does not get any Wi-Fi or internet connection. I said, I would do this show if it would would have an impact on one person. Well, two years ago, we were at Chick-fil-A at West Point Village, and we were just reading out of the Bible, and there was a lady sitting in the booth next to us, and I wasn't really paying any attention to her, didn't know she was listening. And in those days, you weren't driving yourself yet, so we had to get everything done in 10 minutes because, remember, your sister had to be at school at a certain time. And so you had to blow out of there, and I'm putting up the gear, and this lady walks over, and obviously she's been emotional. And she looked at me, and she goes, I had no idea that's what I was going to hear when I was sitting here for breakfast this morning, and she said, I needed to hear that today more than you will ever know. And I remember thinking to myself then, and I think I told you, I may have texted you right then and there. I said, we reached that one person that I've been looking for all this time. And so from 2017, this is the passion of Jesus Christ from the gospel of John. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that all was now complete, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. But the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, 
So they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he had already, was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may also believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Now one of his bones will be broken. They will look on the only one they have pierced. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away, and he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of, of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and in linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was a Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. The other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus. The cloth was folded up upon itself, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had risen from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I, do, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, she told them, that he had said these things to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. On Friday, the disciples and those who loved him knew that he had been crucified. On Saturday, they were stunned and heartbroken. Then, on Sunday, word began to spread that Jesus was missing. The tomb was empty. Then the people began to say that he was alive. As the sun set on the first Easter Sunday. It would prove to have been the most important day in the history of the world. Fill up the heavens, let his glory That is that is great stuff. That story never gets old it's to me. Weird to yeah, I gotta tell you, because we've changed so much, but the story never does. I, you and I have spent five years, five Easter weeks together doing uh, the Crosscast, and then the four years of the Christcast 2020 podcast. Obviously, I want to wish Ooh. you, Janet. Uh, Doug, Big Sister Maddie, even Ozzo the Doggo, a very blessed and happy Easter. Yes, I hope you guys have a great, great Easter. And, of course, everybody else out there, just a final reminder. You don't need fancy clothes, overhyped musical productions, or chocolate Easter bunnies with a mask over their nose, all right? On the first Easter Sunday, it was the risen Christ, and that's all you'll ever need. My name is Jason Dias. Her name is... Kiki Culpepper. And to God be the everlasting glory. There ain't no practice runs in life. This is not a test.